0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In 1 John chapter 1, the Apostle John declared, quote, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The purpose and meaning of all human life is to have growing fellowship and relationship and intimacy with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit and to grow in this fellowship with one another. Let's open our Bible now that we may learn what it truly means to have fellowship with each member of our triune God. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It's a Friday afternoon here in Texas and it's uh. It's just a good day and a good time to be uh to be talking about Jesus, to be thinking about Jesus, to be growing to know Jesus, growing to love Jesus, growing to obey Jesus, growing to know Jesus' love for us, um, growing to have fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with our Heavenly Father, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so some of the things we're gonna be talking about today, we're gonna to, we're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna start the book of first John. Okay. The book of 1 John is at the back of your Bible. There are 27 books in the New Testament. Um, and the last five books, right verses 23 to 27, would be 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation is the last book of the Bible. The, the 66th book in the Bible is Revelation and the 27th book in the New Testament. So 1 John at the back of your Bible. Five from the end. It has five chapters. Uh, the plan, my plan right now, is that uh, uh, each chapter will have two teachings. So, First John ought to be ten clean thirty-minute teachings, Lord willing. And so, uh, so it's exciting. Um, the reason we're going to this book is it. You know, we did topicals. We did five teachings on how do I know that I'm really saved. On the the topic was how do I know I'm really saved that I'm really a Christian that I'm really gonna to go to heaven when I die and then the next topic and that was five teachings was uh what is true forgiveness and really understanding the depth of forgiveness and so uh this book dovetails with the first with the first um the first topic how do I know I'm really saved and in uh first john five thirteen john says I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So throughout this book, John is going to walk through different different examinations throughout each chapter. John is going to, to set before us different different examinations for us to look into ourselves to see if we really do have eternal life, to see if we really do have Jesus living in us. And so, in the beginning of the book, he's going to talk about the purpose of writing the book so that we might have true fellowship with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with one another, you know, with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit. And and obviously, the more that The more that we experience that fellowship, the more that we truly know that we are saved and that we have eternal life. So it's going to be good stuff. I'm excited about it. Uh, We've been talking about it. Um, Me, Stephen and Tom just prayed. um, And man, it's just it's good stuff. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you that we have this Bible. Father, we thank you for this book. Of 1 John, Lord, these five powerful, incredible chapters of 1 John. Father, I love this book. Lord, I just love this Bible. Lord, we just love your word. We just thank you for your word, Father. But above all, Lord, we love the, the word of life. For in the beginning was the word Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God, Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Father, we thank you for Jesus, the living word of God. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you that you are the word of life, Lord Jesus. We just thank you and we praise you, Lord, for all of your mercy and goodness and provision and love in every aspect of our lives. Jesus, you are our king, our master, our savior, our alpha and our omega, our beginning and our end, our first and our last. It's all you, Jesus, and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open this book of 1 John, as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that would truly understand what you would have for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so all right. So, the book of 1 John, okay, written, uh, written by the Apostle John. He's probably somewhere late 80s, right? Maybe somewhere between 85, 90 years old right? Um, an old man, right? Walked with Jesus when he was from around 16 to 20, somewhere around that time, 15 and 19, right? Um, you know, and now he's a, he's an old man and he's, he's led by the Holy Spirit to, to, to write this scroll. And it's, uh, it's the book of first John that we have here. And so it's an incredible book. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the, again, scholars say, again, that, again, we're looking at around A.D. 90 is when the book was written, about A.D. 90. And again, John himself is probably 85 to 90 years old. So, wow. So, again, we're going to, uh, today we're going to do verses 1 to 4. Um, just profound verses. Okay. So even though it's four verses, I mean, let these four verses just uh, let the weight of them sink in. We did this in Bible study yesterday. And uh, when I was done with the teaching, my my wife had made the point to, uh, you know, we had a lot of folks and uh, that, you know, she had never thought about the verses in this way. She had never considered um and really chewed on the verses like that. And that's why we have it, right? Remember Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we live on these four verses. And uh, man, these verses are incredible. All right. 1 John 1, verses 1 to 4. Verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Wow. Mm. We write this, verse 4, to make our joy complete. Mm. John says in verse three, you see this, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. As I said, and we're going to talk about this after we get through the first two verses, but, but the goal of the Christian life is growing intimacy, growing fellowship With our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit, and with one another. As we fellowship with one another, and we go deeper in our fellowship with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit, our life will take on just a a greater and greater meaning, and power, and purpose, and we will just know that we, that we have eternal life. The whole thing will become kind of more real to us and more exciting, more meaningful, more powerful. And oh, you'll just more and more want to be with Jesus, want to spend time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, which is, which is why we do anything in this ministry, which is why we teach the Bible. The entire reason we teach this Bible. Let me say this again. The entire reason we do these teachings is so that you will, number one, have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins, deliverance from the wrath of God the Father, deliverance from eternal hell, and to bring you to heaven when you die. So, number one, that you would receive Jesus as Savior. And number two, that you would increasingly live your life more and more Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, decade by decade, life by life. To know Jesus more, to walk with him more and to have deeper and more intimate fellowship with Jesus and in as much deeper and more intimate fellowship with your heavenly father and the Holy Spirit as well. That, that's that's everything. That's why we do this. That's the meaning and the purpose of life is growing intimacy growing relationship, growing fellowship, growing obedience to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Bam. All right. Golly, that's good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, it just, yeah. Wow. All right. Verse one, that which was from the beginning. So he's talking about Jesus. When he says that which was from the beginning, you remember in the the Gospel of John, right? Uh, The fourth book of the New Testament, the Gospel of John uh, begins by saying in chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse two, he was with God in the beginning, okay? Genesis begins by saying that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So this word beginning means before there was anything. Before there was anything except our our triune God. Before there was anything, any world, any any earth, any universe, any sun, any moon, any people, any, anything, right? Any, anything. Before there was any of that is the beginning that John is talking about. That which was from the beginning. He's saying Jesus is eternal God, the son, who is always existent in eternity, is outside of time. Indeed, Jesus created time. Yeah. All right. So that which was from the beginning. So that's, that's where Jesus is. Okay. Before there was anything, before there was even a beginning, there was Jesus. God, the Father, and God, the Holy Spirit, our triune God, one being three distinct separate individual persons. We have relationship with each one, God, the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, and God, the Holy Spirit, in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and only in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord. John 14, 6, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thank you, Lord. That which was from the beginning, John says, which we have heard. Now, notice that the apostle here says that we, he's speaking on behalf of him. Again, remember, he's hes an old man now, 85, maybe 90 years old. It's around 90 AD. And and he says that uh, he heard Jesus along with all the others with his own ears. This is not some... Uh, The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a myth. It's not a cleverly invented story in the mind of, of men and women. It's not made up. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. That's verse one. So what is he saying here? Okay, he's saying that that we have heard him. We 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 heard him with our own ears. We saw him with our own eyes. We looked at him with our eyes and we have touched him with our own hands. God the Son, Jesus Christ became a human man, the God man, for the purpose of living a perfect, righteous life, on behalf of all humanity, and then dying a torturous death on the cross on behalf of all humanity, and then was raised from the dead. And he did this so that when you receive the free gift of salvation, when you truly believe in Jesus, which is to say you trust in him, you rely on him, to believe in him means you believe you have confidence in him, right? That that you have received him as your savior knowing your hopeless, helpless, desperate condition that without him only hell awaits. You've received him into your heart. You're trusting him, trusting in him, relying on him alone for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God in eternal hell, and to bring you to heaven when you die. All of your trust is in Jesus alone. In that place, that perfect righteous life, when you have genuinely received Jesus, is credited to you and credited to me. It's a gift that's unspeakable. He actually became a man, the God-man, and lived that perfect righteous life so he could offer it to every human being, free. So when you receive Jesus, that life that he lived, that you and I could never live, nor did we live, we lived a totally sinless life, but that righteous life Jesus lived is credited to us. Yeah. As if we lived it. We didn't live it, but it's credited to us like we did. And then all the sin that we lived in, every sin we committed in our thoughts, words, and deeds is credited to Jesus at the cross. It's a pretty good swap, wouldn't you say? Pretty good trade, right? That exchange, the perfect righteous life of Christ, his righteousness, in exchange for my my just depraved sinfulness, that exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. Again, look at the force of John. He wants you to know. He wants me to know. He wants us to get it. That which was from the beginning, okay, God. God, the son, the son of God, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Okay. We're not just proclaiming some story we made up. John says, we're not proclaiming some myth. We're proclaiming by actual factual experience. We saw the God man with our own eyes for three and a half years. We heard him with our own ears. We touched him with our own hands. This is what we're proclaiming by by actual experience. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Jesus is called here the word of life. Um, you know, when we think about some of the, just the, just the foolishness that's spoken spoken by me. I have spoken so much foolishness in my life. It's it's embarrassing. It really it really is. It's embarrassing. Some of the foolish things that have come out of my mouth. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. But all of us would say that, you know, but nonetheless, I'm convicted about this. But Jesus is called the word of life. The Bible is the the word of God. Words are so precious. And yet we've abused them in such a way. But he is the word of of life. There is no life, no meaning, no substance, save Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the very word of life. If if you said no other words for the rest of your life but Jesus, nor me, that would be okay. If the only thing we kept saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Only in Jesus do we have life. Only in the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The good news, as I had just explained, that even though we were desperate, hopeless, hell-bound sinners, our God entered into humanity and became a man for us, lived a righteous life on our behalf we could never live, died a torturous death we should have died, and was raised from the dead. And in that, is eternal life. Wow. Verse 2. The life appeared. Okay, now again, he's talking about Jesus, right? The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. Again, do you see how how forcefully he's he's laying this down? The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life. You notice here Jesus is called the eternal life. In Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. And remember, eternal life is not just a quantity of life where we live forever. It's a quality of life that we share and have. It's spiritual life that we have when we've received and trusted Jesus Christ as our only Lord and Savior. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Okay, so again, you're going to see the Trinity throughout this book. Okay, but now you see that that Jesus, God, the son was with God, the father and with God, the Holy Spirit. Right. Wow. Which was with the father and has appeared to us. Verse three, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Now notice this. Look what he says here. He's going to give you the the first purpose for writing this book. Why are we proclaiming this? Why are we doing this? We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father, with his son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Now, these two verses are so profound that they are overwhelming. Okay. So we're really going to try to get these. Okay. In these next nine minutes, we're really going to try to understand verses three and four. Again, I was, I was having a conversation with one of the elders of our ministry and Tom, and uh, he had, he had written a very good, uh, you know, a good response to something that I had sent to the, to the leaders of the ministry about, uh, you know, about, about something Spurgeon had said about how when we have fellowship with one another, as disciples of Jesus Christ, and we have, we, we have this fellowship with our heavenly father and with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit. And when we have that with one another, we, it's, it's, it's the most beautiful thing. And we want to share that, that fellowship and that intimacy that we have with the father. We want everyone to have it. We want everyone to be a part of that fellowship. We want everyone to have deeper revelation uh, and understanding of it. Right. You have this yearning, this desire for the body of Christ to have deeper fellowship with Jesus. So look at this. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Okay, so again, he can't he repeats himself over and over and over. So we get it. It's not made up. It's not a fanciful story. It's not a myth. Jesus is real. He is God. He's the God man. He did become a human man. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Here's the first purpose for writing the book. So that you also may have fellowship with us. Number one, we're we're doing all this so that you will receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That you'll know that you're saved. You'll know that your sins are forgiven. You know that you have eternal life. You know that you're delivered from eternal hell. And you know that you'll go to heaven when you die. And in the last chapter of the book, he's going to proclaim the next purpose. As we already said, you know, 1 John five thirteen, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. Know that we have fellowship with the Father. Know that we have fellowship with Jesus. Know we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Know that we have true fellowship with one another in God our Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And in as much, we share that growing intimacy with Jesus, with our Father, with the Holy Spirit, and one another as a family of believers, right? The church. And again, when I say the church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about all true saved believers, right? Um, and, and so John says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And, and look at this. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And so this whole thing is set up, right? John is writing this book. It's the meaning of the whole Bible in that that we would have fellowship, that we would have relationship, that we would have intimacy with each member of the Trinity, right? Remember, one God, one being, three distinct individual persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God, God the Holy Spirit. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There is no fellowship. There is no community. There is no true relationship. There is no eternal value. There is no purpose in any Human relationships that are not in Jesus Christ. Now I know, I know that may sound harsh, it may sound intolerant. It's the truth. It's not said out of condemnation. It's said so that that we want everybody to be in this. We want everyone to have this fellowship. We want everybody to walk in the fellowship with the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that we would walk in fellowship with one another. That is the purpose of relationship. All human relationships are meant to be an extension of the relationship of God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. The relationship of God the Father and God the Son, Jesus, and yes, God the Holy Spirit, that, that relationship inside the Trinity is meant to be a picture of what our relationship is in the Trinity, in Jesus, and with one another. So that's why I say that there can be no lasting, meaningful, purposeful, you know, and ultimately eternal relationships that are not in Jesus Christ our Lord. The best we can have is a a counterfeit of that. We can have temporary relationships. Again, any relationships that we have, right, with anyone that doesn't have fellowship with Jesus, the purpose of that relationship ought to be that they have fellowship with Jesus. That ought to be the primary purpose. Now, Now, again, I do have relationship with several people that, that are not in Christ and certainly not as I would like them to, but it is something they would tell you that I'm consistently bringing up. Some would say annoyingly so. But again, it's, it's a big deal because it's in that, 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 that everything else is sweeter, that everything else is more, prof- you know, just more beautiful, more profound, more wondrous. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And look at verse 4. We write this to make our joy complete. What does this mean? So, Do you see this? So in this fellowship, in this relationship, in this walking together, right, as brothers and sisters in Christ with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord and with the Holy Spirit, in this is what we call joy. Not only joy, but something John calls joy complete. Now, happiness is, is, you know, I heard, you know, the church fathers used to say happiness is based on on happenings. Or, you know, happiness is, is based on our circumstances. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Joy comes only From this fellowship with God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. So, so what am I saying? I understand I'm saying some heavy things here. Okay. But genuine joy can come only in relationship with your heavenly father and in through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit. Only in relationship with the Triune God, joy is when you have that that kind of settled assurance, that knowing, that that excitement. Right when you're thinking about Jesus, and when you're when you're when you're in prayer, or when you're in praise or worship, or you, you just have a contentment, a knowing that in faith you just have this assurance. Now again, joy is not. It's that You don't just have joy because you're a Christian, okay? It's something we have to work on. But here's the key to all of this. The more deep your fellowship with the Father, the more deep your fellowship, your intimacy, your relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, okay? And the more you really look to, to bring others into that fellowship and that deeper fellowship, the more you will have this joy And the more complete this joy will be. And and it's joy, it's not based on circumstances. It's not the same as happiness. Now, again, being happy is a good thing. But remember, happiness is based on, on circumstances, happiness is based on happenings. But joy comes from this settled, personal, intimate trust and relationship and this just this profound wonder that comes from. This fellowship we have with the Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and with one another. So again, if you want to have more joy today and have and start moving toward joy complete, verse four, we write this to make our joy complete. It's all about Jesus growing to have deeper fellowship with Jesus and in and through Jesus, growing to know our Heavenly Father growing to know Jesus Christ, our Lord, growing to know and walk in deeper intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for this incredible book of 1 John. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy on our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have brought us into fellowship with our heavenly Father, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and Lord Jesus, fellowship with you above all, our only Savior and King and Master and God. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that it was you who sent Jesus, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in us and pointing us to Jesus all the days of our life. Seal this message to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.